Hello, welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We are your semi-annual reading club for comic books. Our new motto is, we'll get to it eventually. (laughs) When we're ready. And I know you say, every week I've got this kind of symbiosis that's Mm -hmm. maybe a la the Batman and the Joker. Well, when you think about it, aren't they kind of reliant upon each other? (laughs) Doesn't one need the other to exist? Gosh, it's such an interesting take, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, One that I've never heard before. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I I hope if you've come to be reliant on First Issue Club Mm -hmm. um, being like your cup of joe and Wheaties every morning, um, brace yourself. Record scratch. We're taking a longer hiatus than I than we initially thought we were. School's out for summer. We're taking a summer vacation, folks. Uh, we uh, need to focus on having fun. Yep. Soaking up the sun mm-hmm. and just enjoying comics to enjoy comics. We've been doing this. <laughs> that for the, we've been doing this for five years, grinding hoard. <laughs> and now it's it's more like a business. Now I come to this recording. Every day or every week with a suit and tie, briefcase, mm-hmm. full of notes. Yep. Written in a secret language that I had to create. It's it's gotten to be too much. My hero Will I Am asked the question, Where is the love? And I'm yeah. looking to find it again. And we're here to I'm get ho- it started. I'm hopefully hopefully we'll answer that question during this uh summer uh siesta mm-hmm. that we're gonna be taking. This is first issue club gets its groove back. Yes. And we're off to go get our groove back. That's right. This isn't a goodbye. Nope. This is a, we'll see you in the fall. (laughs) And let's say some uh, stuff happens and we get together and their mics are around. We might drop an episode. Yeah, we might do a Thor episode when the new movie comes out. Sure. We might do some TV news, some cool comic book news stuff. Who knows? But it's not going to be as regular as every week. Yes, so don't uh, smash that unsubscribe button just yet mm-hmm. if you can deal with uh, waiting for us right by now you can you know uh, you've you've already subscribed this long yeah right just don't uncheck it it's not gonna hurt your bandwidth if you keep it checked I wish we could have gotten to a round number to stop on what are we at I don't know it's 370 something I love it 370 that's the uh, issue that Iron Man uh, took a nap it's not a thing. yeah it's nothing yeah it's nothing <laughs> It's a landmark episode for First Issue Club, though. It's the first time we've ever done this. Mm-hmm. Many podcasts do this. Yeah, that's right. We don't. How long have we been going? Like five years? About five years. Yeah, no that's break. Wild. So we've earned it. Yeah. We're, we're prepping you now. That's right. Uh, our buddy 10K is probably having a, a cow. <laughs> he's, our, he's our buddy on Twitter. Don't worry. We love we're, you, 10K. We're not going to leave you, bud. And we're not going to leave the rest of you. So it's business as usual, and let's get on with the episode. Okay. I got to start with my hauls. News, news, news. You got new stuff. I got some slabs. Yeah, you did. I'm addicted to slabs. Might as well face it, I'm addicted to slabs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sing it because you did it. (laughs) I've got the uh, office filling up with tombstones. And we should we should state for Got for new readers and for or for new listeners and for listeners who have a bad memory, Mike D for the longest time was a habitual. I'm never gonna be a slab guy. Yeah. I'm never gonna get graded comics. I think they're silly. Yada yada yada. Meanwhile, Budgie Kick and I were just like, I don't know, they're kind of fucking cool. And you were adamantly not gonna do it. I was opposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was silly. And now you have eclipsed us <laughs> in slabos. My. Thing is, or what I've learned over the years, is that eBay <laughs> isn't to be trusted on books worth fifty dollars or more. You know oh, what I, I mean? I like that take. Go ahead. That there's so much nuance in what one person might consider fine. That fine, in, in my opinion, is not fine. Yeah. Like possibly a dog, <laughs> very good. Which in comic book terms, ain't so good. It's a leap <laughs> from very good to fine is a huge leap. It is a huge leap, and I think a lot of people um, think their comics are in pretty good shape and just throw grades out there 
and take really foggy pictures. So that this has kind of become my threshold that if I want a book that I think is worth over 50 bucks, it's worth it to me to pay the extra 15 to $30 premium mm-hmm. to have a graded copy to ensure what I'm getting is what I want. Right. And you're not you're not fickle about it. You're not a, you're not a nine point eight stan. No, my thing is having comics that are important to me in my collection, and I've kind of got a sub collection of Marvel heroines going on in slabs. Yep, you got first appearances of all the important. Well, I guess they're all important, but uh, female superheroes. I'm working. I'm working through a list. Essentially, you might have some that you just can't obtain. <laughs> There's oh, certainly some. I was looking at uh, Black Widow's first appearance the other day just to see what like a two or a three mm-hmm. goes for, and you can get them graded with like decent looking covers in around the six hundred dollar neighborhood. Um, out of <laughs> that's my that's a pricey neighborhood. There's out of a my gate on that neighborhood, that's it's out of my price range, but it's not as out of this world as I'd kind of expected. What for, was her first appearance? Um, it was in something funny, like a Strange Tales or oh, okay, yeah, a, well, yep, one, one of those things in like the forties, fifties. She's got black hair, looks like a um bad guy, looks like a Cruella Deville type on the cover, and it's like. Introducing this sassy new mistress. <laughs> Who is this sultry spy from <laughs> the land of Mother Russia? Yeah, it's it's in the it was in a, the it was in an Iron Man story. the The primary story was an Iron Man story, and she was like a background character. Um, but maybe someday, maybe I'll find a ratty copy and get it in the collection. It's more important to me to have one that I think is yeah. like, if it's an important character to me, it's in the collection, and I. Th- that's honestly Black Widows. I love the modern stuff, but a little lower on my list of characters that I'm like Gaga for. Yeah, the the modern stuff right now is so good. Yeah. Kelly Thompson is really. I'm so bummed blasted off with that, that, that series. Casa Grande Thompson run got came to an end. Mm-hmm. Already read the last issue of it. Yeah, it, it, she said it may pop up again. I hope so. Um, but I think people liked it. It was pretty well received. Oh, it was awesome, and it made it to like what the thirties or yeah. I mean, it it went a long time as far as Marvel comic books are concerned, or comic books in general, right? Um, but she said on her, it might have been the longest ongoing run of Black Widow. It is, and she's still currently writing the longest run of Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's funny when you see the legacy numbering. For some of these books, and you're like thirty. Black Widow like hasn't made it to like one hundred, and it's That's like kind of fucked up. <laughs> one of the biggest female characters in the MCU, which is yeah, it's just bonkers. Um, but I grabbed an spectacular a spectacular Spider-Man sixty four, which the real nerds are gonna know <laughs> is the origin and first appearance of Cloak and Dagger. So I get Dagger here on my. Marvel Heroines list. Check. Um, it's a 9.2. It is a direct edition, meaning doesn't have the barcode. But I got white pages. I always try to get white pages if I can. Do you... For some reason, the off-white to white and uh, off-white seems so much less appealing to me. Um, than white pages? Than white pages. Sometimes I'll go down a grade. Like, I might prefer... Like, I might have seen, like, a... Nine point four mm-hmm. with off white, off white to white, and I was like, mm, the nine point two with white pages is the same price. I want white pages. That's your sticking point. If it's a uh, you know two point threshold or something really yeah. small, okay. I don't know. No, I, 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 we all have our reasons. I was just gonna ask you if you're like a direct guy or like barcode guy for like collecting. Important issues. I'm always stoked if I can get a barcode, but I'm not a stickler. Yeah. Ultimately, they're all printed at the same time. They're part of the same print run. This was a question I was going to kind of ask you because the same thing is true or kind of like a hot topic lately with um, price variance. Yeah. Where, you know, like treated the same way as a direct edition where you might have the Canadian price or you might Mm -hmm. have the... um, 
price in lire or something. Sure. Um, and that used to be less desirable. Mm-hmm. And now it's starting to be like a weird niche thing that people are kind of considering them. Right. It's, it's whatever early, it's in vogue at the moment. Early variants that, you know, who knows if the price of those is going to like, I think ultimately it's all going to level out. And we're just sure. going to be like, you get a copy of that book from this country, that country, U.S., mm-hmm. direct um, or not. Uh, if it was part of the same print run and printing press um, and released the same day, then people are going to view those as the legit copy the of same. the book. Okay. Right. That's that's how I kind of see it. Um, if I can if If I can get a U.S. price newsstand... For around the same price, mm. I'm always going to get U.S. price newsstand. I always try to go for for older books, uh, the barcode. Yeah. Because that's like a white whale. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, the barcode ones were the ones you'd find at like grocery stores or drug stores. And they'd be on the spinner racks, and yeah. so they were treated like dog shit. Because, so if you get one in good grade. You're right, because you have some teenagers just loading these up in there, yeah. not really giving a shit what it is. Mm-hmm. And so if you find one in good condition with a barcode from like pre-60s, yep. it's like cool to have in the collection. Totally. I actually just bought a direct and a barcode of Amazing Spider-Man 258, which is the first appearance of the uh, bombastic Spider-Man, <laughs> which is the Spider-Man with the bag over his head. Yes. And uh, they were both like, Five or ten bucks, uh-huh. and this is my hint to you guys right now: go pick up those issues. Yeah, because, weird niche things like that. Because Fantastic Four is coming to the MCU. Spider Man's already established in the MCU. Oh, is the Fantastic Four thing confirmed? Yes. Okay. So, like, I feel like I remember they showed a logo, and I didn't know if that was part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be phase Doctor Strange mo- like promotion, oh, or if that I was gonna be mean. its own movie. Yeah, no, yep. Yeah, it, it had the director from the Spider-Man movies. Something. Okay. Uh, was it Watts or whatever? I don't know. Uh, he dropped out, and they're trying to get somebody else. But okay. um, yeah, so they're coming. So like, that's gonna be an easy character for Marvel to throw in for a quick second. Yeah. Is they find Peter passed out or whatever, and he doesn't want to expose his secret identity, so they put a paper bag over his head. And they give him a Fantastic Four mm-hmm. bodysuit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's also a key issue because the origins of the symbiote suit are explained. Oh, okay, because got Reed, it. Because Reed Richards takes it off of him. Because this is, this is post-Secret War. Yeah. And Reed Richards is able to take it off of Peter Parker mm-hmm. and analyze it. And he's just like, holy shit, this is an alien. <laughs> and so that's why, that's why it's really a key issue. But I yeah. like it because it's the first appearance of... Uh, Paper bag head, <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> That's great. Um, I so I have an amazing Spider Man. This was the most expensive of my um, books I've grabbed lately, but I got a one ninety four, which is a nineteen seventy nine direct edition of the Black Cat first appearance. Great book to have. Great book to have, and this character I think is one of the more iconic. Women of Marvel. One She's of the having more a bit of a renaissance ones. right now in modern comics. Got her own title and it sell it sold extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, She's when that hooking relaunched. up with. Um, we got the oh, Iron wait, Cat series Iron going Cat. on. Is that Patsy Walker though? Mm, Is that Hellcat? No, I think there's a Black Cat Iron Cat. Okay. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. She's, yep. It's like a pink costume. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But in the current. Uh, Cantwell series Iron Man Patsy is, Walker dating is dating Patsy Walker. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Ugh, comics, <laughs> <laughs> but at you know, apparently there there were rumors that they were going to do a movie called Silver and Black that mm-hmm. was going to be Silver Sable and Black Cat together in a movie, which would be sick. They've since, I believe, said that they're expecting to do separate movies or at least a Black Cat movie, um, and it's made I, by Sony, so not excited. Made by Sony, right? But this is one of those books where I love this character, been a romantic interest of Peter Parker for so long, and a kick-ass character in her own right for a really long time. Yep. And I was just thinking, man, this is one of those books that's only going to get more expensive as oh, the years go sure, on. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, my Cloak and Dagger 
I 100% expect to see this book cheaper than I bought it for and more expensive than I bought it for as they have moments and those moments fade. Yeah. Um, I'll, I will forever think that Cloak and Dagger are underutilized characters mm-hmm. and they, yeah. sh- they should be like present in a lot more Marvel stuff going on right now. Well, I'll talk about it later, but they're in the new Savage Avengers, which I oh, read. Okay, which cool. Which we'll talk about here in a minute. Nice. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I mentioned I got that in a 7.5 in Off-White to White. And then the, the direct edition on this one. People really don't like these direct editions. There's like, um, I think in 1979 specifically was a year before they started doing the icons. Sure. Of a character silhouette yep. in those small white boxes mm-hmm. where the barcode's supposed to go. Instead, they did a diagonal line through the barcode. And a lot of people just think this is ugly. And it also just kind of reads as like sharp. It kind of looks like sharp. Oh, right. Like, like the someone, shop owner did it. Someone like drew a line through it. Right. So people don't particularly like these, but I got a pretty good price on it for settling for 7.5 off white and a line through the barcode, which I'll take it again to have this book yeah, totally. in my collection. You can't beat it. CBCS too. So I got an amazing deal on it. You can always go. Sometimes 15, 20% cheaper with a CBCS book. Which is crazy to me. It's the same thing. Yeah, it is. It's like paying two bucks more for regular milk than off brand milk. <laughs> it's like it's all milk, dipshits. Well, I mean, I if you go if you research it on the internet, you'll see that there are people who think CBCS grades harder than CGC, and then there are people who think otherwise. When I put I've got a seven point five cat. Um, which is my um, last slab that I bought recently, Marvel 1972. Um, this is the origin of Greer Grant, who later becomes Tigra, Tigra, mm-hmm. um, however you say that. This is a stupid thing about uh, comics, is that you say it in your head one way, yeah, and then you never realize until you have to say it out loud. That You're it's like, like, oh, God. Maybe I've been saying it wrong <laughs> what for am 30 I doing? years. <laughs> but I always thought this was such a cool cover, Beware the Claws of the Cat, um, this is like a precursor to the Patsy Walker Hellcat costume. It is to a T almost the exact mm-hmm. costume that Patsy Walker ends up wearing as Hellcat. And I love the costume design. I think it's iconic. Um, she has claws on her hands and feet. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> She's ready for action. It's a, like a very... Um, pulpy, I would call this camp to a certain degree, too. No, you're right, yeah. Um, she stalks by night, introducing Marvel's newest action bombshell. How did a beautiful girl gain the uncounty powers of a killer beast? So funny. Uh, (laughs) it is, this cover is always just held a special place in my heart. So this is a 7.5 white pages. It looks worse than the 7.5 CBCS Amazing Spider-Man that I have. You think so? I think it looks visually worse than that Amazing Spider-Man. You can tell that this 7.5 has been pressed. It's got some crease lines in the cover where there was some um, bad creasing that couldn't be pressed out or wasn't pressed correctly. Um, And just a handful of other little things like um, dirt along the spine. There's just some like, in the grading notes, they always call it like soil. Um, But a a handful of those key things uh, just stuck out to me as something I'm not seeing in my CBCS 7.5s. So you're looking to upgrade to an (laughs) (laughs) 8.0. That's what I'm hearing. If you crack it open. I, 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 I saw... Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Sometimes with CBCS, there'll be a little check next to the number. Have you ever noticed that? No. Okay. So if you see a CBCS book graded um, and it says 7.5 and then there's a circle and a little check mark, it means we think it's good enough to be bumped up to a non-existent in-between grade. Oh. So graders don't necessarily acknowledge 
7.7 as a grade. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. 7.5 and then you go to 8. Yeah. So if they think there's we have reason to believe this would be a 7.7 in this scenario, uh-huh. you'll get the 7.5 with a check mark next to it. Wild. That way if they ever expand grading in the future, mm-hmm. you know that you've got a 9.2, a 9.5. Or sorry, they do 9.5s, don't they? No, they don't. 9.2 they do 9.5s. 9.4, 9.6. Oh, they 9. go by 2. Sorry. They go by 2s. Um but their thought is is that when you're getting into 9, the closer you get to 10, there's more nuance that you care about. Mhm. Right? Mm-hmm. So there is potential to expand in those grades in the future. So if you do ever see the stuff with the check and you can get it the same price as one without a check, yeah. Always buy the check. There's a chance you could crack it open, send it to CGC and get a whole grade better. So my plan to co- uh, collect slabs that are only 6.9s is ruined. <laughs> right, yeah. There goes that gag. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's been my slabo hunt. So you have been on the hunt. Yeah. You've been treating yourself cuz you got that new job. Got a new job and my um PTO at my old company paid out. Hell you know, sometimes yeah, you lose it, <laughs> Hell yeah, but dude. they paid out my balance. Paid out in slabos. So I was like, I'm going to use all of that for slabs, and that's what I did. Um, I'm disappointed because I don't have it printed out in front of me, but the Eisners were announced, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of books on there that we actually read through the year. Yeah. And so um, we'll have to come back when the Eisners has uh, completed- Oh, yeah, an Eisner's We'll, we'll do an Eisner's episode. Uh, but there were some good books on there. Tunyon was on there. Zadarsky, Kelly Thompson was on there a few times. So um, some really, really great books uh, and uh, creators were featured. Again, they did those uh, categories where I was just like, I've never read any of these books. Like, mm-hmm. best young adult uh, like graphic novel. It's just like, I definitely haven't read any of these. Yeah, Or like... D- Best, like, import, and you're like, I don't know what these books, I don't know where to find these books. Yeah. So, in that aspect, I do love the Eisners because... It brings attention to things. It really does. That's and like, the point. Yeah. I, I check out those books because, like, I've never heard of them. Maybe they're... If they if they make the Eisners, yeah. they must be good. I, I like to believe that's the case, but as we've done some research in the past, sometimes it's very odd who the panel that selects... Mm-hmm. The winners and final nominees like ends up being right. Do you remember we tried to vote one yeah. year? Uh huh. Didn't go well. If you're if you're in the industry or media, sometimes you can like you you get invited to be on the voting yeah board process. Thing. And we're not important enough to vote. No, <laughs> that's why we're taking the summer off, folks. <laughs> Really reevaluate things. <laughs> How do we get on the Eisners next year? Did you see oh. that Marvel lost its rights to Conan? I did see that. Yeah. Um, I was kind of shocked. So was I. I They've been doing such a good thing with Conan lately. I was like, man, you would have thought that they would have locked it down if they were investing so heavily. Maybe it. it was just like um, not no. paying the bills. They're just like, just let it go. If somebody else wants to pay more for it. Well, and I don't. So apparently, there are people who technically still own the estate because in the U.S., or the people who controlled the estate still own the intellectual property, and they had had it on loan to Marvel for a certain amount of money. Oh, and they've decided they want to publish comics themselves. Interesting. Go on. So you're gonna have. They're probably gonna be very bad. I would assume. If, you, I mean, if you've got people who maybe don't necessarily know anything about comic books. Write or publish comics who are just like, we own this thing. Why don't we cash in on it? Um, I Kind of unfor- unfortunate. I think a lot of people really liked the Jason Aaron um, Conan stuff. So Yeah, and he's been doing the Conan stuff for like two or three years. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, here's what I'm seeing gonna, is, is going to happen. Uh, we're going to get a dynamite situation uh-huh. where we're going to get this new publisher trying to do Conan books. And what's the best way to sell books as a new publisher? Make 50 goddamn variant covers. Oh, for sure. And there's just going to be booby cover after booby cover of Conan <laughs> hoisting up some 
Frank Frazetta girl mm-hmm. over his shoulder running from like a bear. Yeah. That is also a warlock or some shit. Who knows? Maybe they'll kickstart it and make a billion dollars. Ugh, I hate that more. <laughs> well, it I... would work out better for them, I think, though, right? Because then people yeah. are going to pay $20 a comic. That's true. Or more to get the incentive to get the incentive cover, yeah. yeah. And you get Art Germ to do one cover, and people are like... You're off to the races. Yeah. I'll pay 30 bucks for a variant cover. Uh, I'm sad that Budget King isn't here because... Yes. Just came to light. Mullet Cop, the comic book that he was Gaga over... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...is being made into a cartoon show. Oh, my God. On Adult Swim? I'm guessing. I'm assuming it's going to be try to be on Adult Swim or Comedy Central <laughs> something or something. like that, yeah. Uh, so this just proves the point that they'll make anything now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you have been paying attention to the uh, zeitgeist of Hollywood, Mullet Cop exists, and it's called Paul Blart. Yeah, I r- remember when we were talking about the book, I was like, man, it sounds so much like Paul Blart. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, there's like some tweaks, and obviously it's a little yeah, He's different. got a mullet. But, Yeah. <laughs> Paul Blart One had a mustache. Was, yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's night and day. Apples and oranges, <laughs> folks. There's no comparison. Uh, but I was just going to rib Budget King a little bit because he he, he really doubled down on uh, Old Mullet Cop. Yeah, he loved it. So kudos. I think it was that's on Scout. They, yep. uh, they got someone to bite. Nice. You did it, Scout. Well, well done. All those PR emails you send your customers paid off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think since we last talked, Modoc got canceled, so not getting a second season. Yeah, I'm bummed. Very unfortunate. I don't know if I have much to say about it other than... I'm it... sure it was an, ex- an expensive show to make. Yeah, right. And it had the unfortunate scheduling of dropping in the middle of COVID. Yep. Where it's just I think that shows or in movies that dropped during that time just fell into a void of like people just didn't get into them because they well, were focused like, on other shit. There was there was a time that we were in like a show hole because production stopped on a lot of things. Right? right, yeah. And then there was, people realized that there was a lot of people hungry for content and then we wound up inundated mm-hmm. by like digital originals and right. it, which is like the reason I have like Paramount Plus is <laughs> <It's, laughs> because like nothing was coming out and I got it to you know watch one movie and now I've I've been paying for Paramount Plus for half, a year half and a half. Year. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but sorry to see that show go, and especially because we've got a comic book uh, fellow lover in its star Patton Oswalt, um, who's just a cool guy. Um, but we do have another show that's been announced since the last time we talked to. Or a release date anyway, which is She-Hulk, mm-hmm. August 17th, 2022, um, sooner than I had anticipated. So I'm very stoked. Yes. I thought it was going to be end of this year, maybe get pushed into I thought the next same. year potentially. But I was I was shocked. we hadn't seen anything about it in so long. And then no. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, trailer. Uh, initial thoughts? Looks funny. I am stoked for it. Yeah. I mean, we're both big She-Hulk fans. Yep. Uh, I think the only trepidation that people had were the CGI looks of it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, like they have till August to tweak stuff and whatever. You know, isn't that interesting that sometimes that's um, the trailer is like a rushed thing, and then they clean stuff up in post. I didn't necessarily notice, and maybe it was just because I was so <laughs> geeked up, geeked up about the other stuff. But normally that is a bugaboo for me sometimes when graphics look corny. But I didn't particularly notice. I mean, if you really if you really look at it, I'm sure you can find something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really excited about it because they seem to match the tone of most of the She-Hulk books, <laughs> which is like kind of self-deprecating, yep. funny humor. Yes. Think a green Ally McBeal. Right. And you're good to go. Yeah, I love that it's the subtitle of it is Attorney at Law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it's going to be lawyer based, that she's still going to be working at a law office. Um, obviously, we don't know anything about how much of it's going to be in a law office, Mm-mm. but a lot of the clips we got were in a courtroom, walking up to a courtroom. Yep. In a bar talking about cases. Yeah, exactly. She went on the speed dating stuff was great. Oh it. my god, that was really funny. Uh, the, the when the trailer dropped, Twitter couldn't have been hornier 
for She-Hulk. Yeah. A lot of tweets about her feet. Oh, no. <laughs> ton, of, ton of feet tweets, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. Uh, so I think we're going to see a sexual renaissance. Why is with, that a uh, thing? It is, it is big girl summer. I mean, tall queens have finally had their season, and it is in full bloom right now. We can't put summer after every type of person. We're heading. You can't all have your own season. <laughs> uh, the internet would disagree with you very hard. Can it be just everyone summer? Yes, equality summer. Yeah. Let's oh, all. Speaking hu- of happy pride, hug. happy pride month. I'm. I'm. I regret not having mentioned it sooner. You know. We here at First Issue Club like to think we treat every month like Pride Month. And so I didn't want to go too hard. Oh, exactly right. Because <laughs> this is our everyday. Because everyone, every corporation changes their logo to a, a, a rainbow flag and yes. likes to say, use Pride 20 and get 20% off at uh, Cricket Wireless. Happy Pride Month. And so I get a little jaded around Pride Month, not because I don't want to celebrate people and them being themselves. It's just because corporations have kind of just snuck their way turned into, it into like a Memorial in, Day sale. Right. Into our into our party. And yeah. they're just like, no, let's sell some shit. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. You gotta love it. I'm stoked to see the Pride covers that are gonna come out. Yep. Um every year Marvel and DC seem to do more and more and more mm-hmm. with their Pride covers and um, and their uh, Marvel Identity series. Yes, yes, and... their their Pride annuals have been really shining the last couple of years. Yep. Um, have you seen the bathing suit variants that are coming out for oh, DC? Oh, so horny! Woo wee! I instantly <laughs> pre-ordered like three of them. One of them was the Nightwing one, where he's like wearing like a speedo and he's got his fat old dump truck just hanging out the water. <laughs> the other one was the Catwoman one because she looks incredible. And then, oh, she's like. Poolside in a one piece. Right? Yes, it looks kind of like a like a Vogue cover or mm-hmm. something. Like it's very like fashion forward. Yep, Decal. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. I think he did the art for it. Yeah, he's. I think he's doing the main cover A's for that series as Is well. He? Okay. Um. Yeah, that was a very striking cover. Great series, by the way. Teeny Howard, I think, is writing. Oh Cat my right god, now. it is bonkers good. Yeah, Happy Pride Month, Teeny Howard. Happy Pride Month, Teeny. Um, that book is fantastic. And I love, she's writing Knights of X right now. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Um, a Kind of a continuation of some of the Excalibur stuff that she was doing. Um, s- such a good And she's writer. on the uh, Substack with Jonathan Hickman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Three worlds or something? Three moons, three earths, three something. Yeah. So three is in the title for yeah. sure. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was, I think, like a Supergirl one uh-huh. that Art Germ did. Okay, yeah. And so just great, great covers. Very horny. <laughs> DC is like really it's 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 horny summer for DC. Okay, great. It's, hor- <laughs> it's horny guy summer. <laughs> Always. That's the I think it's <laughs> yeah, year round for DC, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh what else have I been doing as far as news? Oh, uh Joe Quesada. Yes. Has ended his tenure at Marvel. Uh huh. He has uh, I mean what a driving force sure. at Marvel. Every story you have read that had changed your life through the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. Joe had his hands in it. Yeah. Him and uh, uh, Joey Palamati. Uh-huh. I don't know. They were like, they basically saved Marvel from bankruptcy. Oh, okay. And stopped it from being just like split up and sold off. Yeah, okay. And so uh, them and a few others really... Saved Marvel's ass in the '90s, including Liefeld. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna leave him out because he, you know, with his Daredevil, his Deadpool stuff, kind of oh, yeah, brought breathed, a brought a bunch of money back a lot in, of, a breath of fresh air into. Yeah. yeah, even though sometimes he can be a toot, <laughs> a real toot. Uh, I'm not gonna take away his accolades on that one. Oh, I was listening to one of Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang's podcasts a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he. Um, wrote a he wrote a one of the side stories a backup story in uh, an anniversary issue of Deadpool nice and he ran into Rob Liefeld at a con or something and he was like oh I actually got a chance to write like a three four page story uh 
for Deadpool, one of your characters. And he said Rob Liefeld was just like, thanks for the money. Wow. <laughs> Holy and just, shit. Like, left it at that. And I was like, that's such a Rob Liefeld story. Seriously. It's like so many things you hear is just like, yep. Then he chugged his protein powder <laughs> and gave me a wedgie. What an absolute anus. He's being real. I guess that's what you can call it. There's a thin line between being real and being a complete dickhead. I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, have so, for the money. have so many people written Deadpool by now that it's just like there's another person that it just like doesn't phase you anymore. I I mean, but that can be said for most creators. Sure. I mean, you, Frank Miller's not like thanks for the money when everyone like when Chip Zdarsky's like, "Hey, I'm writing Daredevil." Like, you don't see Frank Miller tweeting just like, "Thanks for the money." No, it's like an attitude thing. And he's like, I mean, to be fair, people have been dunking on Rob Liefeld for about five or ten years now. Yeah. And like, I'm sure he's kind of like prickly like a porcupine. I'm just like, well, man, fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of get why he's like a little abrasive. But, I mean, so they did the same thing to Alan Moore, and he's just crazy. He doesn't, he's not mean <laughs> to people. <laughs> so there's definitely different routes you can take. Uh, Okay, did you see the... um? Marvel's doing Amazing Fantasy 1000. Oh, my God. Can we talk about this? I hate this. Yeah, 100% hate it's this. It's just like Marvel Comics 1000 that they did, what, a year or two ago? This is going to be chock full of terrible stories. Yeah. And 10 million covers. Yeah. And I begrudgingly will probably buy one or two of them. <laughs> because, I mean, they're going to get every heavy hitter in the game right now. To do a cover for Mar- for Spider Man or Amazing Fantasy One Thousand, Ma- Michael Cho is apparently introducing a new villain in this book. No, you can't do that. So Marvel's like, just like we had to get you with the first D two, because this book's gonna be ten dollars, and they're gonna print a million copies of it. Right? I'm not gonna. God damn it! I hate when they do that. Um, but yeah, there's just something about. Making up a one like like a book and doing a one thousand of it, mm-hmm. it's just like there just weren't issues, <laughs> you know, seventy through nine hundred and ninety nine. Why is there an issue one thousand? That drives me nuts. <laughs> are, they, are they combining legacy numbering with Spider Man and Amazing Spider Man? I don't think so. So there's just... if there's a reasoning, I haven't. Heard it, but there wasn't a reasoning for Marvel Comics 1000, so why would there be a reasoning for this one? You know, we are coming up on the 60th anniversary of Mm Spider-Man being a superhero. Yep. So I... Well, part of it, I think, is in celebration of that. I know, but why give it the 1000 pedigree? I mean, like what you just were talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a money grab. We can just say it. Yeah, uninformed customers think it's a landmark issue when really it's just a one-shot. Right. And they're just going to get the Momoko cover. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. This was this is one of those things where if I was um a a DC stan, I would be like I'll just like ready at Twitter, just like oh I'm gonna I'd be like, rip them apart. We actually had one thousandth issues. Like they're hitting it with action comics and um Detective Comics. Detective comics and all that stuff are getting so high now that they're like I think Wonder Woman just did 700 or 800 or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but if I was a DC guy, I would be like, oh, well, well, well. Spider-Man's about to hit 800 or so, right? Yeah. It's about at another landmark, Mm -hmm. 100 mark, I think. Well, they keep pumping these goddamn things out Yeah, twice a month. They're going to catch up quick. And they do all those. I've said this before, but they do all those like half issues like 0.5 or 0.1 0.2 0.3 these side stories that are crucial to the mainline story and I just don't understand why those aren't part of legacy numbering or why they don't why they wouldn't have them count towards the total if they're crucial to the main storyline yeah because they did it with like uh, the hunted storyline and the the recent one the the with the, the oh. centipede faced guy. Yes. Totally. You would get like issue seventy three and then you would get seventy three dot H U. Yes. And it's just like what what are we doing? 
Right. What are we doing here? Very bizarre. And as far as, you know, cataloging that in your collection, it's a grade A clusterfuck. There's a handful of things in my Spider-Man collection that I'm just like, I don't know where this goes. Guess I'll throw this away. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, so that bugged me. Um, and other, I know we're being very Marvel heavy, so apologies if if you don't care about fuck that. I don't, I'm not apologizing. Marvel books, but um, Tom King, or I can't remember necessarily if this was a Marvel book or not. No, I think it was Image actually. Tom King is writing a book called Love Everlasting. I saw that. I just pre-ordered it. Yeah, so did I. It's like a uh, romance anthology sort of book. Right, yeah. Uh, um, It's on Image. Yes. And apparently, I tried to read up on it because I was like, you can't just be doing a straight up romance anthology book. Apparently, the concept of it, it's it's supposed to be a little meta maybe, Mm -hmm. or that's the vibe I was trying to get. Sure. I was was seeming to get, it's about like a woman trapped in a romance comic. Oh, fuck yeah. Love that. I think. I can't wait for people to shit on this for no reason. (laughs) Because Tom King's writing it. And I have to defend him once again. Yeah. People got strong takes on him. He's written some kick-ass comics. Right. Sorry. He can't, and you know what? Keep squawking, because he can't hear you over the sounds of his uh, checks cashing. His cha-chings. I like his Batman stuff. <laughs> his, his books Batman never disappoint. I thought was fabulous. Yes, it's that's amazing. I love, love, loved it. And then if you didn't read the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. God damn, that book was incredible. Oh my God. Eight part miniseries, I think. Book of the year. Um, oh. Maybe not book of the year, but. Oh, it was one of the monthlies book that of I, the year. I look forward to the, the most this past year. Um, Okay. Uh. I read a bunch of free comic book day comics about a month ago. Did so you how did you order? The, how did you order them? I did them on. You did Midtown. Midtown. Yeah. So uh, I went to my comic shop on free comic book day around three p.m. and they were out. Spec, which blew my mind. Yeah. Um. So I order. I do my pre-orders on Midtown for the books that I know I want to get because mm-hmm. I've just had trouble locally guaranteeing I get what I'm wanting to get. And Midtown did a thing where you get the comics for free, but you have to order a minimum of $10. Makes sense. So uh, for me, that was no issue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need this, this, this. I'm at 10 yeah. Add it on however many free comic book day comics sure. you want, and you just get a big box full of comics. So I went through Tifa. Mm-hmm. You and pay a penny each, right? Yeah. And so I was like, a oh, penny each. I'll just get them all. Boop, 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 boop. And then I get my order set up, and then, like, when they are processing it, they're just like, no, we're not doing this. Like, you're not getting... Really? You know, like, you're not getting all 30 for a penny. And so, like, they knocked some off. And I don't know if, like, some didn't come in, or they're just like... Like, they only had a small portion to allocate. Huh. But, like, I definitely clicked every one of them. Yeah. And got maybe 10, 10 or 15. Wow. It was really strange. That is strange. And so I was just like, oh, well, excuse me, Tifa. Didn't know we were uh, holding back on the free comic book days that I had to pay for. <laughs> I wonder if it was like an as supplies last thing and they just didn't sync the comics with their inventory. I'm sure it on was. On the site. And it's so stupid to pre-order first comic, free comic book day stuff because- I don't think you could pre-order it. That's how I got mine. Oh, you pre-ordered I, pre- I pre-ordered them. Oh, and so that's where they kind that. of fucked up because they're just like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> we can't. Yeah. We can't guarantee any of this. Yeah. Bizarre. So I did get the ones that I wanted, which was like the the Venom and Spider-Man one. And I got the Ninja Turtles one and some other cool ones. So yep. I'm not too bummed, but just a weird way to do it, Tifa. It is. Yeah. The Spider-Man one. Um, can we do spoilers from that? Sure. Yeah. Go crazy. Chasm. And Madeline Pryor coming up. Chasm. Chasm. Which is Ben Riley. Ben Riley villain version. Which I love. Do you okay? Making I love him a Chasm. Completely different character. Because the character design is sweet. It's sick as fuck. And people are just like, ah, oh, that's not who Ben Riley is. And he's just like, but Ben Riley is a clone who is just like, he is s- now. He's like just so uh, off the rails. Like, make him a villain. I was kind of excited for Madeline Pryor. When she returned to be a good guy mm-hmm. or to kind of have some like grand return to X-Men and be like accepted back and um, 
maybe still have some cool Goblin Queen energy. Yeah. But not necessarily be the the victim bad guy. So she came back in New Mutants 25, right? Something like that. 24, 25, around then. <laughs> Every cover for that was so... Over the top. Horny. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Goblin Queen's outfit is already just it's, outlandish. Yeah. It's like a scarf that covers her whole body. I draw the line when it, you're just like, so, like, science doesn't make sense for that. Like, if you can't... Yeah. Gravity if, exists even in comics. Yeah, if If you're using literal paint to try to make a costume come to life and even that can't match the realism of it like that costume maybe needs to be updated for yeah um 2022 um sorry if we're too woke (laughs) i like my ladies in clothes i don't know and all that stuff kind of comes back around at some point where like is that empowering is it iconic and sexy in a way that's like um I think both points can be is, argued. Yeah, both points can be argued, but it that costume in particular seems very ogleable mm-hmm. and leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I I was just hoping that we'd get more of like the um happy version of Madeline Pryor in this next run and she would kind of be like a they they kind of set her up in an issue or two to be like a um a role model sort of figure for magic, potentially. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what's happening there, but we already know she's going to be a bad guy. Um, okay, another thing that happened in some one of the free comic book day comics was Normie Osborn mm-hmm. becomes the Red Goblin again. Yes, I'm um, good with that. I don't know if that's a speculation value worthy thing because it's happened before. Maybe that makes the initial book where that happened the first time more valuable. I think it, if it sticks, let's say Normie yeah. stays as this um, Red Goblin sort of character for a I think year he's gonna or have two to. more. Like that would be cool. I would love to see something a little more permanent with Normie because he kind of just gets thrown in as like. Normie got kidnapped, or <laughs> oh, Normie, <laughs> or Normie's lost, and and then you <laughs> he's fallen down a well again, and then he just disappears until he gets lost or kidnapped again. Right. So I I love that he's being used as like a real character. I think they should use him because like Green Goblin's dead. Norman Osborn, no Norman Osborn is gone. Not dead. Oh was oh was that like his clone or whatever or something? So or... Nom- Norman Osborn has been, like, cleansed of his madness, essentially. Oh, he went to church. (laughs) He was shot by the Sin Eater. Oh, yeah. Okay. And is now, like, apparently a rehabilitated person. (laughs) For how long? We don't know, but he's still um, doing... He's still involved with Peter. And they seem like they're on decent terms. Okay. So he's at least not um, giving it up to being immediately like an arc nemesis sort of guy. Are you up to date on what happened in Devil's Reign? I think so. Where the Kingpin was just like, deuces, I'm out. And his son is taking over for Yes, him. yes, yes. That storyline kicked Ass. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I love it. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see his son come in. And I think it's like his villain name is the Rose or something, something like that. Which yeah. is so badass. <laughs> I love that. So uh, I, I'm excited to see where that goes in Daredevil. The only thing I'm bummed about that is that Typhoid Mary took off with him, mm-hmm. and I'm I love Typhoid Mary. Yeah, and I was stoked for her to be a larger part of New York crime scene mm-hmm. and she's just chilling in Bermuda with Kingpin well yeah while Luke Cage is the new mayor has that happened yet mm-hmm. okay well he was the only one running against the Kingpin oh, was, okay. so he was like Got unc- it. uncontested Okay, but didn't it seem like Typhoid Mary was more reluctant to give it up than Kingpin so I'm thinking there that storyline will play out where she's like I gotta go back to she crime she wants to come back yeah 
Mm-hmm. And so that's how she'll get reintroduced or yeah. whatever. Anyway, sorry I didn't interrupt. I was just, no, uh, you're good. I need to go back and read that. They did a Marvel Knights Typhoid Mary that I've always been interested. Not Marvel Knights. M- Marvel Max. Yeah. Typhoid Mary. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who wrote that, but I know it exists. Yeah. Okay, so Eternals deeming the X-Men deviants was another thing. Oh, that's what the whole Eternals thing going that's, on. Yeah, so whatever that crossover event is, some comic book podcast. Judgment Day. We are, Judgment Day. <laughs> it's called the... Which we're not going to cover because we're on summer vacation. Yeah, Sorry. I like the whole like axe thing. They got A.X.E. Yeah, I'll I give think, them that. I think that's cool to call it axe. Um, so you've got Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. Um, but kind of makes sense. Mutations, deviations from, um, yes, humanity kind of fits into the Eternals whole thing. Yeah. So, um, Kieran Gillen's writing it, and he's been writing Eternals, and yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of his. So, while I was like, man, a crossover with too many teams and characters to like keep my head around. I was a little like, am I really going to buy all these? But I at least jumped into the kickoff books mm-hmm. to give it a try. And I did like the free comic book day judgment, the free, yeah, judgment day issue. So um giving it a chance. And then the last one was Brielle. I think that's how you say the name. Another daughter of Blade. Do you know if this character's no. been like introduced I have no idea. before? Uh-uh. So that was a thing that popped up in this free comic book day comic was B R I E L L E. I think you pronounce it Brielle. Okay. So no idea. He maybe has another kiddo. Neat. Yeah. Good. Good for him. Good for him. It's always good to have another kid running around. Yeah. I guess. Do your papa thing. Go off, dad. Go off, daddy. <laughs> Did you read any first issues this week? Um, so, well, man, since the last time we recorded, I read, um, Duo from DC. Oh, how was that? It, That's a milestone book. Yes. It's got legs. Okay, cool. So it's basically, um. The covers are beautiful. They're insane. That's essentially why I dipped my toe into yeah. it. And I love the milestone universe. Yeah. So I was excited to figure what this was about. And it's basically just like a husband and wife science team mm-hmm. who have just like figured out how to use nanotechnology to like cure everyone's sicknesses and and um, one of them is uh, like universal Wi-Fi for humans like the, everyone shares a thought so it's uh-huh. kind of like a hive mind kind of thing okay and like whether that is ethical or not mm-hmm. uh, there's an accident one of them the wife saves the husband but in the in the explosion she dies but her consciousness, through the technology that is they developed, into him. is absorbed into him. Yeah, and so that's where the issue ends, where he finds out that his wife is living in his brain and talking to him uh, throughout the whole issue. Yeah, very cool. So I don't know if she's able to like manifest, or like he can like project her or whatever. But yep. uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Yep. I read uh one of the spin-offs from the DC vs Vampires mm-hmm. uh it was called DC Hunters and it followed Damien as he's a vampire right now so he's trying to like <laughs> uh-huh. uh, man- uh and like oh this is so stupid because if you're not reading DC vs <laughs> Vampires uh just skip ahead a couple minutes uh Nightwing is king of the vampires now okay and so Damien is trying to figure out how to take him down. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, the vampire blood hasn't taken over Damien's brain where he's just like, I'm with the vampires now. Mm-hmm. He's just like being Damien, but he's a vampire. Okay. And so he tries to team up with Alfred, who isn't a vampire, and a couple other folks. To- I'm going to stop you there, Greg. I know. That's why I didn't want to get too into it. <laughs> I'll say this: It wasn't as good as DC versus DC vampires versus vampires because that book rips because okay. it's, it's super bloody and kind of campy and yeah. just a lot of fun. This went more into the relation, like the relationship between the Bat family and like mm-hmm. the Robins and stuff. Was Tinian writing it? No. Okay. I don't know who's writing it. I, f- I forget. Yeah. Uh, I f- it's not Fraction, but anyway, it was okay. 
it's if if you're not reading DC vampires, just keep scrolling. Yeah, because you're not going to enjoy it. Um, I read a new Cyberpunk 2077 book that came out oh, yesterday. Oh, I remember we loved the last one. Oh, so good. Whatever it is, they've done several miniseries now. Mm-hmm. And I think that universe created for that game is just amazing fodder to tell great stories. Yeah. Um, this book specifically was about like a VR repairman <laughs> who... Goes, checks on people, you know, people are living in their dreams, and there's the whole, like, pretty common commentary to be like, we're so plugged in and addicted to our screens, eventually we're just going to be like, lump sitting on the couch, living VR lives instead of living our own Which I can't wait for. (laughs) That sounds super cool. Sign me up. Uh (laughs) Oh, a reality where nothing hurts and I can fly? Oh, that sounds like a real fucking bummer. But the, so the book is him kind of grappling with his role in all this is mm-hmm. is he kind of like a drug pusher is he enabling these people right um right. does he feel good about himself and there's some really stark imagery in it that i think harkens to depression and kind of foreshadows some things that happen later in the book very artfully done an amazing story i've never played cyberpunk 2077 and if this was just an independent comic with um, no preconceived notion of having been a part of another IP, mm-hmm. I think people would be like buzzing about this book more than they are. It is crazy how good the Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. books are. They're great. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned who wrote this one, but. I don't know off the top of my Cullen head. Cullen Bunn. Wrote it's like not one, Colin Bunn. one of the first ones. That and one was, that was fabulous. Fucking dynamite. It was great. And like everyone that's come out since has just been m- even better. And I think you're right. Like yeah. the world that is set before it is just like teeming with different stories to tell. Yep. Like there's so many ways you can go and so many ways you can interpret different things in the universe. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I am genuinely excited to see more stories come from this IP. Yeah. Um, so I also read Astronaut Down, which is an Aftershock book that just came out yesterday. Mm. Um, really cool. Who I, Aftershock? Do you, uh, man, I don't think I've even heard of that book. It's um, we got a preview copy of it, so you should just check out the oh our promo yeah copies. we get preview copies. <laughs> I wasn't trying to have a flex, just letting Greg know. Hey, it's flex summer, baby. Um, so I'm not gonna spoil that one just because I thought it was. I really enjoyed the ending, mm-hmm. but it's um, the the basic synopsis of it that's not giving too much away is that a, a team of astronauts <laughs> is selected. It's a dream to <laughs> to go on a mission, and the goal is to save the human race. But they it always is. <laughs> but they know they're not going to come back from the mission. So oh. it's, so it's kind of like the um, whole going to Mars conundrum thing. It's like Interstellar. If you're signing up to further mm-hmm. the human race, it's like as a pioneer, it's like you'll never be able to yeah. live your life here ever again. You can never come home. Um, the story's way more nuanced and I don't know if I want to say artful, but um, I but I really enjoyed it and I endorse it and I think it's worth it for um, – a a fun ending and uh I don't know. It's so hard to talk about without like getting Spoiling in, it. Yeah, getting into it. it. It gets a Mike D two thumbs up. But sometimes, you know, if you're into like space travel sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um th- then at least this is like a subgenre that will pique your interest for this first issue. So yeah. like if 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 that's a niche in fiction that you like, then mm-hmm. 100% pick up Astronaut Down. Yeah. I thought The Martian was cool, so I'm sure yep. I'll dig this. <clears throat> and then um I was going to mention that Taproot is a, a band? <laughs> is that a band? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a band from the early 2000s. Oh, really? New metal. Oh, no. Hey, hey now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, they're no system of a down, but they ripped. I think that's what it's called. Maybe I read the book name wrong. Uh, while you're looking at that, no, I... it is Taproot. Taproot, okay. Um, but in any case, this so this is a book that um was the Advocate's best LGBTQ graphic novel in 2017. Wow! And it's just getting re-released as part of um, Pride Month. Looks kind of like a Studio Ghibli. It's very cool. It's kind of got the vibe of like a creepy Studio Ghibli sort of book, mm-hmm. and it's and it's um uh really sweet story with charming um, illustration and a nice color palette that I really liked. Um, and then when you think it's a, like it had a spot where it definitely could have ended and then it kept going and just kept giving you more and more. Nice. And so, you know, sometimes you read these YA graphic novels and they're just done in a blink. Like while this one isn't very, it's not super text heavy, but, I think you get your bang for your buck out of this one is all I'm trying to say. So there's your um, LGBTQ graphic novel um, recommend for the top of the month is pick up uh, Taproot re-release on Oni Press. Um, I read Savage Avengers, Mm -hmm. the new number one that came out um, by David Pepos, who has done um, uh, Spencer and Locke, Get get Him to the Chapel, and... um, that one scout book that, like the Boy Scout book that was, it wasn't Black Badge, but it was like the ones like the Boy Scouts in the po- post-apocalyptic world or whatever. I don't know if I remember that. Anyway, uh, he's this is like one of his first Marvel books that he's been put on, and it was good. Like, it's a lot of setup for like uh-huh. uh, the team and who they are. They're just like, and now here's Anti-Venom. And oh, what is that cloak and dagger? And so, like, it's a lot of just like Ocean's Eleven, just like, here's the team. Yeah. But the cool twist of it that really got me excited about it was that. Um, so, the thing about Savage Avengers is Conan's in the, the Savage Avengers yes. because he's displaced in time. Uh-huh. Something has happened. And now the Savage Avengers team, along with Conan, got zapped back to Conan's time. Oh, cool. So now they're stuck trying to figure out what to do yeah. while in Conan. And then Conan, Conan's like super pumped. He's like, I'm back. By Chrome, I'm back. <laughs> uh, which, at the top of the episode, you said that Marvel lost its licensing to Conan. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that this series may be dropping Conan back off sure. in his homeland of just like, well, yeah. See you next time. Yep. Gentle caveman. <laughs> Pick him back up to play later. Yeah. I I know that like there's a lot of other titles that you know you assume that Conan is public domain when really the books that like maybe it's a Blaze or some other publisher oh, does. Behemoth. Behemoth are called the Sumerian. Mm-hmm. So there are ways that people get around it where it's like you know it's Conan. <laughs> you know who we're talking about. But we're about. just not saying it. Yeah. I'm a, I, I don't know, I'm excited for the series. Yeah. So um, trying to see what else I read for the episode. I think that was just about it. It's been a crazy, crazy couple weeks. Had to get a new AC because mine busted. Yep. Busted, busted. I got family in town. You got family in town. Mm-hmm. Budget King's been overseas. Running wild. I started the new job. Budget King started a new job not that long ago. Um, We're oh, busy people. I also read um, the newest entry in the Unnatural, Marco. Oh yeah, Blue Bloods or yes. something. Mirko um, and Dolfo. Mirko and Dolfo. Um, so we talked about it when we first read uh, Unnatural. Yeah, that's like a very sex, sex positive, positive book. Uh-huh. And this is like still kind of in that same realm, but it's gonna be more about like um identity like mm-hmm. who you are as a person cuz this like character uh doesn't have blue blood or for whatever reason uh-huh. and i guess that's the thing in this in universe the they universe. all have like blue blood or whatever yeah and so like it's going to be dealing with that and it it was good but yeah. like it's not a one that i'm going to be like picking up yeah every time it comes out i might trade weight that one uh-huh. but um 
if you are a huge fan of the unnatural averse that uh, yeah. is being written, there's a new injury out there. I'll say it's a lot of her independent books, and not all of them, um, but there's a handful of them that do explore kind of finding your sexual identity mm-hmm. and liberating yourself a bit from the shame you might feel. Right. Or shame you have associated with your sexual feelings and sweet paprika. Oh. That's that's the theme in that book. And that book is very like I actually like sweet fun, paprika cheeky, a lot. um manga romance inspired. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun comic. So if if you're looking for something like that that's not maybe as heavy as unnatural, mm-hmm. then I'd recommend Sweet Paprika. Was so I didn't read Mercy, but you did. Yes. Does that kind of tackle the same stuff? It didn't seem to me like it it would. No, I'll say there's the, there are themes in um Sweet Paprika that deal with like parental judgment mm-hmm. and you know not being who you are. Um, and society not accepting who you are and those sort of themes get carried through in Mercy and there are a handful of things with the town having brothels and that dynamic kind of playing into the same dynamic as like the Mm -hmm. parental judgment sort of stuff. It's not so one-to-one or blatant, they feel like different stories. Yeah, okay. Um, but her hats, her hat eats people, right? <laughs> is that what it is? She, uh, it's, it's more like her face. Her face eats people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not as wild as I thought. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely more of like a Victorian romance horror sci-fi. Okay. Would you say like Lovecraftian? You certainly. Okay. Certainly. Can you say Lovecraftian for me? I'll say Lovecraftian. There we go. <laughs> HP Lovecraft. Now I have it. Now I have it on record. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been over an hour. We'll see ya when we see ya. That's a good tagline to go out on. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Uh, have a good summer. What? Uh, hag. <laughs> Yeah, and if you go to camp, kiss somebody. (laughs) With consent. (laughs) First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.